right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird, Willie B, and man, we got the baddest girl in Hollywood, son. The baddest woman on wheels. I mean, this woman is the baddest man pajama on earth. She's the baddest. She's the raddest. You know her as Leah Pruitt, a.k.a. Leah Pritchett. Girl, welcome to the podcast. And you just, did I tell you you were bad? Uh, yeah, but it feels so good to be on. It feels so good. <laughs> uh, you're the best, Thanks man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on with us. So, you know, Kevin and I are both big fans, and I probably told you this before because I've known you for a number of years. I just think the world of you, you're fantastic. I love what you do. Uh, back when I was a kid, you'll find this kind of funny. When I was a kid, my dad was really, really, you know, he was into the hardcore race and stuff, and he was, you know, he was a fan. Uh, and when Shirley Moe Downey uh, beat Big, uh, Big Daddy Don Garlitz, uh, when I was probably, you know, four, five, six. I couldn't understand it. I literally dropped a tear because <laughs> Big Daddy Don Garlis was the man. He was the legend. He would certainly mow down. He put the spank on him. I was like, Dad, I don't understand. I what couldn't. is happening? <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> well, how is that possible, Dad? How is that possible? Uh, and then, you know, fast forward, and you know me, man, you come through Denver a lot. I'm one of your biggest fans. I love what you do. I love just that energy you bring to it. It's one thing to have that competitive spirit, which, God, man, you definitely do. But you bring an energy to the sport and the people around you that's, that's fantastic. Uh, well, thank you for that. Um, I, I, I do. I do love Denver. I mean, people ask me what my favorite track is, and it's usually whatever I'm winning at the most. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Denver's got a spot in my heart. And I will say, and you guys, you know, can testament, have a testament to this too, though. It is the people that are around you. And, like, if you go to a drag race and you are not hyped up on Nitro, like, I don't know what you're doing there. So I'm constantly <laughs> around all these high octane people and these cars and the power and like I get to live my dream and other people's dream and I got the yes. coolest job in the world and like I am I'm I'm always stoked and you shared a story right now about your dad and I was thinking the other day like my dad lives in Charlotte and we none of us know what day of the week it is he clearly right. doesn't know because every like every weekend good luck girlfriend this weekend go get him go put the hurt on him like <laughs> He knows we're not <laughs> racing, but he's not going to break his, you know, his weekend mold. Yeah. 
Well, you mentioned, you know, living the dream and man, for all of us out here, you are living our dream. Now, is that what you dreamed about, you know, growing up? Like at what point did you say top fuel being the badass chicken top fuel, you know, is my game or is there some other, you know, event style racing, whatever that uh, you haven't quite gotten into yet? Like, give us a little bit of insight on, you know, getting yourself into a top fuel cockpit, bro. Tell tell us about Bonneville. Her and her dad bought a, <laughs> built a Bonneville car back in the day, man. She was turning wrenches at like Oh, I know, six. I know, I know. It was nuts, I, I want to know when, right? Yeah, There's all kinds of, from Bonneville to Junior Dragsters, like there's so many stepping stones. So when was it that the light clicked on and said, that's my dream versus, you know, dad's dragging me somewhere. Like, what what was that scenario like, right? No, that's true. It's not, I mean, it's not like you're just a UFO. I'm a UFO and dropped ship landed into top fuel. Um, that, <laughs> that moment was, I've been going to NHRA national events since I was little, since I was like 10. I'm going with my family. We're laying down the blankets, you know, at 7 a.m., getting our perfect spot. But honestly, it was when I was, I think I was 12 and I'm at Pomona and our group of friends, like I was finally going to a national event without having to be chauffeured by my parents and able to do stuff. And it was the world finals. And I remember Eddie Hill, he was winning. Oh, fast Eddie Hill. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was, and he was, win he was winning all weekend. He was winning all day. And yeah. like, you could just feel, you could just feel it. And, I felt nitro. I'd seen it before, but like for some reason as a kid, I was just really getting good at juniors. And it's like seeing, it's like playing t-ball and finally going to your ML, the major league baseball game and going, I want to do that. And watching him do well. And then there were pedal fests all day. There were, there were big explosions. And I got to, it, I got to live a national event by myself and really appreciate drag racing. I, I honestly couldn't tell you at that age, I didn't know the difference between like a manifold and a cylinder head. I just knew that they were just ratching and thrashing and then the oil's burning people and they were like cars are falling apart. <laughs> but 70 minutes later, they'd be back in the lanes to beat the brakes off of somebody else. And I was like, I want all of that. I want, well, I don't know, yeah, understand all right of it, on. but that speed, the power, the smell, the camaraderie, the guy the working on the car. And like, I worked on my junior dragsters. I chipped salt off my dad's car since I was four and later on tried to build a Bonneville car. But from that, so it was, it was that moment of all of the physical things of, of drag racing that I could see, touch, hear, and smell. And then once I got going and doing better going to national events in a junior and winning like i was so hungry for for winning and nothing else mattered and nothing but racing mattered i thought all right between what i felt with eddie hill and and what i'm feeling in my junior car i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i'm going to find a way to be that so little little uh, you know chicane in the system was <laughs> i thought okay, there's not a female for me that I'm really looking up to. I kind of missed the Shirley days. And uh, Melanie Troxel, she was, you know, she was in it with uh, with uh, Skull at the time. And Shelly Anderson was racing. But there wasn't, like, one young, like, 20-something-year-old female. And I thought, like, that could be me someday, to be someone a little girl can look up to. 
And then John Morris rolls out Ashley Force. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and I was like, my, the wind in my parachute just was like, man. Like, you know, I mean, immediately, right? I mean, she's doing well. She's got, they got great sponsors and she's winning and they're making Barbie dolls and stuff after her. <laughs> they're checking off all the boxes. But I thought, it's all right. None of us share the same story. And I was like, I still got my story and the way I'm coming up and, and I, and I, I can still do this and find a way. So to answer your question, that, um, that was it. And like, I looked at that massive hill of cactuses and, and, and alligators and lakes of like all the difficult ways of like how not to get here. But then I also looked at the wagon of support system and people and friends and, and, and all the positive things about like how cool it would be to find, to be like a driver for Don Schumacher racing. Like I literally had dream after dream after, you know, in my night, I'd pretend behind my race car as a, as a kid that Don Schumacher was behind me, like judging me if I was good enough to be one of his drivers. So, uh, uh. Just a testament to like working really hard and I and I am living the dream and working really hard right now to make sure that that dream still keeps going. So, hold on, are you talking Eddie Hill in the silver white hair mane, the, the like the, those days like the crazy he'd pull his helmet off and it'd be like poof. It looked like yeah. thunder lips from uh, one of the Rocky <laughs> movies, you know? All that white hair, bam. Uh yeah. you know, I got a question, you know, you said you mentioned your, your junior dragsters. Was it was it difficult because as a guy doing radio for most of my life out here when I got competitive and when I was racing pro motocross even coming up through the ranks in motocross here in Colorado I always had a bigger target on my back than anybody else everybody's like oh I got to beat Willie man that way I got bragging rights I bet as a female especially as competitive as you are you you not only like there was this girl in motocross who man she was a amateur rider and I went from novice to amateur and the first couple of races she smoked me and I was like good god she's crazy fast you know and I couldn't remember I can't forget the day that I I beat her I passed her and I was like I can't believe I got by her you know it's amazing so if if you know it's kind of taking the same scenario on a bigger scheme and a bigger level does that happen to you when you you were going through the ranks so contrary to to that story is. No, it was actually like a 60% female base of junior racers when I was growing up. And wow. like, as I was going, getting older in the ranks, like the girls were falling off a little bit, but it was usually really close. So I only knew, like people ask today, how does it feel to be a woman in a male dominated sport? I grew up with it being very equal. And so let's just say the first time I really, really felt it was the nostalgia funny cars. Uh, was one of two female and you know of a of a classing of 40 of 40 and i'm like all right well i'm young i'm like i'm 18 years old no you know wow i i was so hard-headed though like i thought there those people though didn't have comments to say to my face i'd hear about it later yeah. uh, but pro mods i had a female teammate melanie troxel ended up being my pro mod female teammate so we kind of we had our own click and support system together i will say where i have felt it the the most top fuel to fuel ranks has been pretty parallel it's when it doesn't matter male or female it's when you win so when we won the 2018 factory stock showdown championship that's the biggest bullseye i've ever okay quick story is last year 
Uh, so 19, we're having a little bit of a struggle season. The first part of the season was tough, yeah. Yeah, last year's a little tough. So, you know, there were some Christmas presents at the end of 2018. Yep, yep. That's all good. But we this is like Saturday night. So at Indy, the U.S. Nationals, the sportsmen and pro mods and factory stock get pitted on the left side of the track, pros and alcohol on the right. And I've, I've got teams on both sides. So it's late, cars are put away, and you know, whatever, like 9 p.m. We, I heard about from somebody that Chevy guys were, they were having a meet, meeting that night. Okay, oh. or it was a factory showdown meeting. We're a factory showdown, you should show up. No, it was clearly, it was just a bow tie meeting. So there's like 40 of those guys, and they're talking about what they want to do in preparation, you know, voting to what they would send to NHRA in hopes for rule changes for 2020. It's all fair, open, fun, you know, out in the game. It's in the middle of the street, basically. So we roll up on the golf cart. Kevin Helms, my crew chief, he's driving. We're just fitting right in with all the other golf carts. No big deal. Kevin goes to put his foot up. Blair's the horn. Just. Oh. <laughs> here. Oh. We are only two. There's like three Mopars and all factory showdown. <laughs> 40 cars. And we creeped up in on their secret. Oh. And, uh. It be, but that it, what I'm saying is it was a testament to, and, and this is what drag racing is all, this is what all racing is about, is you group, you're on your own, but you group together with your like minds. And for us, there's nothing bigger than the Ford versus Chevy versus Dodge world. Yeah. 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 And so the, the bullseye was there from 2018. And these guys have spent outrageous amounts of money um, to, to get after us. And, you know, we're, I mean, we're still our same team, our same budget, our same people, same newbie driver, and, uh, <laughs> and get getting ready. So took a whole year. Dodge ended up building. Uh, well, we've I've actually been working on it for eighteen months with them. The twenty twenty drag pack that we were supposed to debut this. Year. Oh yeah, man. So it's still coming out whenever we get back to go racing. But it's uh, like you guys. I mean, well. This is the longest time I've ever been outside of a race car. I think in my entire life. Yeah. So I've oh. sat I've sat in mine and I've made, you know, race car noises. But yeah. You know, in my garage, in the trailer. Did I do that in bed? But that's something totally different. <laughs> yeah. Something else. I won't go into that. Uh, but Hey, you know what? Let's, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break now. When we come back, let's talk about that Drag Pack Challenger because that thing is unreal. Uh, and then talk about, you know, Leah's not only an ungodly skilled and talented and just sniper uh, driver. She also has some crazy-ass hobbies. So I got to tell you, you know, this is like my sister from another mother because I follow her on Instagram, ah. and it, there's there's not there's not a day or a week goes by that I'm not liking one of her posts. I'm like, yeah, girl, <laughs> that's how you do that right there. She is she's a riot. So we'll get into that next. Hang out. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast with Leah Pruitt. It's uh it's back in just a minute, man. Hang on. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Leah Pruitt on with us today. Leah Pritchett, a lot of people may know you as. Uh, glad to have you on. It's awesome. I got to tell you, a lot of times people, if they get to know you, they'll quickly get to know a, not just a, a person that's 
fueled by competition, which I truly think you are, uh, but an individual who, man, you have an energy and an attitude about you that is, it's addicting. If you guys follow her on Instagram, which I recommend you do, you're going to see everything that we love and appreciate. If you want to see somebody blowing stuff up, you got it. You want to see somebody hucking big waves on a wakeboard, you got it. You want to see somebody, you know, throttling on a, on a dirt bike, you got it. And the best part is she has a blast when she does every bit of it, man. She's insane. I do. And so we love So here's it. the thing. It's like, all right, we're, we're all friends here. And I, and I believe everyone that's viewing is like, I really have to sometimes mitigate what I can show and not show. Like what's, you know, like, let's just say hypothetically, you, you took a trip to the desert and, you know, you, you found some glass bottles and they met up with gasoline and they made a really big tall Sobe bomb, you know? <laughs> Do you show something like that or not? Or you just kind of... Hell yeah, you show it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you don't show it, text it to me and Willie. Because <laughs> those are my favorite ones. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm telling you, she gets after it in every aspect of life. It doesn't matter if it's camping uh, or wakeboarding, which is one. Well, you live in Lake Havasu, and I've been there for the Jet Ski World Nationals before. Totaled a yeah. minivan. I jumped it uh, something like 68 feet or 86 feet. <laughs> Something like that is pretty, that's a different story. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I'll share it with you one day. Uh, but you live for, you know, for the throttle. And it's it's the throttle of, you know, what I call just throttle of life. Uh, it's life, love, and, and all the energy that that brings. It's everything and every aspect of, of what you do and how you go about it, the passion you put into it. So it is really cool to see that you share that on your Instagram and, and with everything you do. I don't care if it's throwing, you know, throwing your leg on a dirt bike or strapping in a, a wakeboard. You're getting after it, kid. Well, I got to <laughs> ask you, like, of all the things outside the race car, all the wild and crazy, what are some of your favorites? What, I mean, what do you really love doing when you can get out of that race seat? I guess the number one thing's going to have to be wake surfing. So, and well, to your point, it is all about going full throttle, but there's, there's even as crazy as we are, there's strategy behind it. So, so when I got into a position of, Hey, small, small moments in time, like there's 300 days. Usually I'm on the road. Where would I like to spend my time? That's why I picked Havasu two miles. That way is the lake literally right at the end of a cul-de-sac up there is a straight mouth to a hundred miles of pure desert to go rip it and dig it. That's yes. why friends, I highly recommend you get the Life360 app so that people know if you go missing for 24 hours, they know where to find you. Yeah. And it's got London Bridge in the city. London Bridge is actually in Havasu. The, the real thing, the dude, yes. McCulloch in like 1962 said, hey, that bridge is falling. Bought it for $3 million, spent $6 million to have it built here in Havasu. Here's the thing that I didn't know about myself from being here. It takes a lot. I mean, I, I know it takes a lot to go wake surfing, right? Hook up the boat, put it in. It takes two, at least two people, someone to drive it, surf, teach them how to drive it. All right. That's, you know, that's a day or an afternoon activity. I've been trying to work out, trying not to catch the COVID-15 and pack on all the food. So I took up mountain biking. Yeah. I like this girl, man. Yeah. Get that exercise in. Have a Sue's no joke on, on, on the climbs. No. So climb, going up, no problem. Like I'm like getting my fit in, coming back down, dude. I like need to bring training wheels with me. I'm so afraid. I'm, what? I don't know what it is. I'm like I'm, I'm afraid of downhill speed without a roll cage. Like oh man, you just gotta you just gotta biff it a few times and stand back up and go. All right, I can do that. You just gotta eat it. Eat some dirt. 
<laughs> Willie knows about eating dirt, man. He's been hucking bikes off of stuff. Man, I, yeah, but if I looked like that, I would I would be more concerned. I look like this. So, yeah. you know, yeah, face plants and dirt naps are like, eh, not a big deal. <laughs> Willie was once a beautiful <laughs> yeah, man until right. he hucked some stuff off of jumps, right? And <laughs> So, yeah. That's probably some good advice. But here's the thing. If you're my, my mind's been trained my whole life to, like, push as much as I can maximum ability – Within a time frame, if I got hurt, how much time do I have to recover it, to do go, then go race a car? Well, now it's like I've got a month. I can push <laughs> <farther>. <laughs> uh, oh, look yeah. at that. Kevin's showing a picture of him wakeboarding right now. He's got a lake in his his backyard is a is a lake they all uh, basically can get out and have fun on. So he's been trying to get me up there to do some wakeboarding for a while. Oh, hell yeah. You know, I, I snowboard like crazy. I'm like you. I do a lot of snowboarding. Uh, obviously a lot of moto, motoing and motocross racing and, and desert riding and stuff like that. So yeah, Havasu is a great spot, man. I definitely recommend it for anybody. Like you got the best of both worlds. You got water on one end, dirt on the other, sand in the middle, have fun with it. Uh, it really is a blast. It is. And it's a blessing. I mean, it's very fortunate. And like during this time being very cognitive too, like right what's happening in other States and what people are doing. And I'm, and people are finding new hobbies. I think it's awesome. Like this is a time for all of us to kind of discover more about ourselves, work on projects, yeah. right? And and, yes. and it's all about the mindset. Take taking this time going, how can I make just like how can I go faster, jump higher? Like, how can you make this time the best it could possibly be? Because none of us are gonna get another month in our life back right. yeah. to, to to be better. So for anybody that's listening, I hope that they're, you know. I hope their lawn is the best it's ever looked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got a question for you. So, uh, right. We're talking about all the things outside of, uh, you know, being in the race car right now. When we get back in the saddle, what do you miss the most? What vehicle, what race, what event are you most geeked up about uh, getting back in, doing another pass, doing another drift, doing another whatever? So glad you asked that because, like, I've been thinking about it a lot not about which particular moment but there's not a day that goes by that i don't go through every procedure of both the cars of the fuel car nice. warming up the fuel car burning out backing up making a lap and that seems so simple right but there's changes that we've made in the procedure of the fuel car within the last six eight months so i haven't done it that much if i go back to what's natural Natural isn't what I've just been doing. Natural's been what I've do, been doing for a couple of years. So um, I'm replaying. I'm watching videos back on my laptop, my in-car stuff that usually is like not good enough to post, you know, and it's just that leftover stuff. I'm eating that up like it's cake that's just come out of the oven. Like, so I'm, I'm looking most forward to hitting the throttle and honestly hoping and that my mind because it's a muscle and it's conditions just like yeah, everything yeah. else is going to pick up right where it left off and so the motorhome that we took out last weekend well i took everything out of it and forgot i took my practice tree with me to the desert so it just yeah. it just came back today and i forgot my stand <laughs> so i just have it and my i got a practice tree too i got a pro tree i practice on <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would say that and to be honest like the the hustle of coming back and fueling and the guys getting back in their routine and the loud noises of of wrenches and power tools and then the fans at the end like i've thought about if i think i'm excited about driving this car 
fans that haven't been able to see anything new at all on TV and they, and feel it, I feel like we're going to – it's going to be everyone's cherry burst, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to get to do it all together. Yeah, um, you know what's cool is, you know, we can see each other, and I've, I've watched Leah kind of being on the back part of the seat on her couch – and as she's talking about getting all excited, like she's just eased up to like barely sitting on the couch, ready to get off that thing and ready to go somewhere. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you know, you got to think it's probably, you know, for us on the outside looking, looking at what they do and all, all the chaos and the madness, right? It looks, well, it looks kind of like chaotic, but for her and the team, it's a very controlled environment, controlled chaos, and and you know they're with it every part. It's just, you know, it, it, I never forget when when people used to ask me why you get to the line so early in motocross races. I get up there and I visualize the whole first lap, how I'm going to run it, what's going through my head, and I get up there for everybody else and sit there and run everything through my head. You know, even when I'm in staging lanes in my car now, I go exactly what I'm going to do in the burnout, what I need to do to turn nitrous on, or you know, get make sure everything is exactly where it needs to be what i need to do and i think every racer probably when they get to a competitive be it you know just the series that i'll run up here or you know big national events like she runs every racer has those moments where they just there's a calm that comes over them and they just reiterate everything they need to do and that's what defines real winners they they got it done they've already ran the race in their mind yep yeah when you're blasting 334 miles an hour you know down a thousand feet you better have your game on, right? You better have all that chaos controlled as much as possible because you better done it in your head. It's, <laughs> it's out of control, right? Once you launch down, it's it's chaos, and you got to keep your head straight. You got to have your game on, man. Just as you're getting anticipated for you know anticipation for things, my highest mile an hour is 334, which was in 2018. I didn't go any faster than that 19, uh, didn't go any quicker than that. There were not as good conditions throughout the year. And man, this year, so we test very limited. One time in the beginning of the year, one time before, uh, before the U.S. Nationals. We, as in our Dodge Mopar team, for Shuma. Woo, Mopar, Mopar. <laughs> That's right. Kevin, Mopar. Mopar. Okay, go Mopar. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We believe that we came across something usually it starts on paper, right? And then you dyno it if you can, or you have simulators or you have whatever application you can before you put it in the race car. So we've come up with something we've been working on and the next race after Gainesville was Vegas. And after Vegas, we were going to test something that we hardly ever, ever do. And this was going to get us it. Let's just say this was going to get me to a mile an hour. I'd never been before which means we're going to like really make some big steps in the ET really accelerate like our push for the championship this year. I mean, I'm talking like a move that we've been really excited about. We were finally going to be able to test with. So yes, holding on to that here for a moment. And, uh, but like, it's those, it's those types of ingenuity and those types of things. And I'll have a conversation with my crew chief about once a week, whether it's business related or back on like yeah, yeah. we we still got this right you know we're 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 still we're still on track it's not like we're going to resume back to racing and then like hopefully climb back up we're all positioned when we go back to racing to pick up where we left off and not not slow down and get re reacquainted pick up to climbing that mountain so for me as a driver 
I need to be as good as my team. You know, we're going to hit the ground running. It's not like when we get back in the car and we're going to see it. I guarantee you, we're going to see the difference between the racers that haven't thought about it for two months and the racers that think yeah. about it every single day. Exactly. Well, that's what makes her her, right? So how do you just find something on paper that could that could, you know, decimate your, your highest, you know, mile an hour previous to that. Like, it just, you know, it's like uh, Matt Damon when he solved the problem of Goodwill hunting. I just, I just did that real fast. I found something. Y'all might want it. Like, how does it magically appear? <laughs> well, let's just, let's just say, you know, other, maybe other teams, maybe other of our Mopar team members have, have done it in other cars and it's worked for them. And we've worked on something else and we've, swapped they've done what we've done it's our turn to try what they've had we've crept up on it and we now know how to make that leap all right Look, i ain't telling you anything more than that. <laughs> 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 well there goes my follow-up question yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, i've got one championship ring with dodge i need a top fuel one so we are like if this this is it's truly our year and like our partners have been amazing through it with us I mean, I don't know if you guys know DSM. We've switched. We, yeah. got, we got all of our cylinder heads repaired. We got 30 on the shelf. We've switched over Damn. our 3D um, our 3, 3D creator status system to be able to make the bands for the face mask. So, like, they're full steam ahead. The race team's ready. Like, if there's ever been a team to be a part of right now, it's just it's Schumacher. So, yeah, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy. All right. So, look, we got to take a break now. We come back. We got to talk about this other thing that you're pushing, this crazy, insane drag pack, which I just freaking love. And I, I, I got to ask a question about what's it like being who you are for the fans? Because I get I get the luxury of seeing Leah. There's this thing, this event here at, in Denver called the Mile High Nationals, and Dodge has been a, a sponsor of this for, God, it's the longest-running motorsport sponsorship there is. And I'll yep. tell you, man, this town, when this woman steps on stage, cause goes ape. So I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta feel her out about that, just how that is, and if that is inspiring for her as a racer, as a driver, and as a person. So it's a quick break. We're back after it, man. It's two guys garage podcast with Kevin and Willie B. Back in just a minute. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird, Willie B, and Leah Pruitt. I got to tell you, man, I got this Challenger out in my shop. It's a far cry from needing, you know, anything flossy and glossy, still doing metal work on it. Have you seen the Drag Pack Challenger, oh, Kevin? Yeah. Have you got to lay your eyes on this crazy, insane car? Like, talk about, I don't know that a, there's a company that did a better job of bringing back the nostalgic-looking hot rod like Dodge did with the Challenger. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it just... God, it is gorgeous, man. And shout out to our friends at TechShine. If you got a Challenger, they can literally help you. It's easy. It's a wet coat. You apply when it's wet, and you just basically rinse it off to, you know, to activate it. And it's one of the easiest ways to get an unreal shine in your car. And, you know, she loves boats. Leah, they started out doing boats, making, you know, hulls of boats super slick and making airplanes super slick through the yeah, air. Born from aviation. And they do that boat application because i mean i've been running mine so i need to i need to get her teched up you want to go faster you want to go shinier yeah man tech shine is the way to go man and it's, yeah. you know it's very much like a wax right as far as the coating and clear coat over your paint makes it look great but wax takes forever and it's got a lot of elbow grease that has to go with it 
The Tech Shine is five minutes and you're done. It's awesome. You can check them out at buytechshine.com. There you go, man. Leah, tell us, before we get into my final question, you got to tell us a little bit about this drag pack, man. This this car, when I saw that thing, I was like, man, I was so jelly of you. I was like, how does she get to drive that thing, man? <laughs> that thing is so badass. I'm like, what, a, what is the a neighborhood-friendly uh, mechanic racer guy, DJ friend, got to do to ride in that car? Because that thing is sick. I mean, there's, def- there's definitely room for two, but I'm going to tell you, if you want to win the championship, or go fast. It's probably just going to have to keep it in the left side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, so Dodge had Mopar had made a drag pack for over ten years. So we've had the same the same chassis setup, a little bit different fascia movements, but it was time to really step up the game. So between suspension changes, chassis changes, four link coilovers, these are all things that we started with. Had to get approved by the NHRA, and then now that they're approved we're able to put it on the track, but it's lighter. And I'll say one of the issues that we've had, even though we won with it, was really being able to keep the front end down. So not not from an off the line standpoint, that's just tune up, but at from middle track to top end, like we, we kind of had a lot of attitude. So, and that wasn't directly suspension. I mean, that was, that was aerodynamics. That was, you couldn't just ratchet it down and keep compression because then you were going to unload the rear. So everything moved in the car. I mean, they really rebuilt this chassis to be able to be quicker off the line, stay low at the top and overall be able to be faster. Yeah. Keeping in mind also safer because when they developed the drag pack that many 10 years ago, they weren't meant to go seven fifties. They never would have thought, you know, you're running nines. Yeah. So the, the number one thing that they set out to do was, all right, we're limited to 750 and it's a 3,500 pound car. You can't go any, if everyone's going to be going this quick in it and they clearly make the power with the 354 V8 Hemi, it needs to be safe because we're selling this to everybody. I mean, this is a car that everybody, anybody can go out and buy. It's OE, <laughs> OE built. So that was nice. the number one was safety key features um, of the chassis internal design and then of course for it to be competitive and that's why i mean i listen i'm kind of like you guys not scared a whole lot just send it and like get a little you know it gets a little you know short shift through or it's it's top ends a little wild like no big deal i'll get myself out (laughs) of it not everyone drives like that they want to be fast they want to feel safe and when you feel fast and safe then you feel like you can win and that's what this car delivers so it's um it's awesome that you know we had just started to go into production, like just started. So there, uh, you know, as soon as we get back to everything, I know the FCA has moved a lot of their resources into helping the medical industry right now. So yeah. so as soon as everybody gets where they need to be and we get back rolling, um, I, I know cars have already been ordered. Like there's yeah. a, and like they're they're on order, they're on production. And I'm starting this season with El Bandito. So just so you guys know, I'm nice. throwing it a bachelor party. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, this thing is, I mean, so it's, it's like 12 years old. El Bandito was the first drag pack. Gainesville, who I'm sure I'm going to run Gainesville with it, will probably be its last race. I think it's going to be shipped off to the Smithsonian. And then, wow. and then the next race will be the uh will should be the reveal of the new 2020. So a lot of action to be had with that. And of course, as you guys know, the pits are open and everybody can come in, check it out for real, more than what they had at SEMA. 
and uh, be able to see it work in progress. Yeah, man. I, I'm building a, an old night. I'm building a 1970 drag pack Challenger, an old school tribute car, 426 Hemi, yeah. you know, the dual quad 426 Hemi, four speed, 411 Dana 60 car, you know, just old school stance, the old drag pack. Yeah. I can't wait to get it done. It's in my shop right behind my house right now. So that's one that's moving. You've seen my wide body charger. That's almost yeah. finished up. Oh my it's, God. Uh, that thing is yeah. sick. That is the yeah. fucking thing. I mean, at downtown at, at the at Mopar Mile High at that block party, that first time I saw it, I mean, there are a lot of cool cars there, but like you were in the middle of built, you were building it. Yeah. I could already see the vision of, of how cool that inspired me. I haven't done anything yet, but that's inspired me to want to build <laughs> build something. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, if you ever wanted to drive the same car as Leah. You're not going to do it on top fuel, <laughs> but you can do it, right, in a drag pack. And from the factory, right, 1,100 to 1,300 horsepower, right, sevens Ooh. in the sevens in the quarter. Yep. I mean, that's some that's nasty OE machinery right there, but you can drive what Leah drives with a little bit of cash. And you can go buy it, yeah, dude. You can go buy it at a dealership, man. You know who does that? Mopar does that. Dodge does that. That's what I'm talking about. 750? <laughs> Shut up, man. Shut up. <laughs> you go buy that dealership? Who else is doing that? Nobody. All right, sorry, sorry. Um, hey. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, second car. You sign up and you wait just like for all, everything else and you get it. And here's the thing. It's rated in spec, not just for an NHRA, but in MCA. And, and they've got programs out where not only is it Hemi shootouts, but you're running, you have everywhere to run all year long. So it doesn't just yeah. have to be NHRA. So there's a place for it. And I mean, and you don't, you don't have to get the full wazoo, you know, 1300 plus, by the way. Who, who wouldn't get the plus? Right? I mean, that's the box you check. I want the plus box. Right? <laughs> How many pluses? This one goes to 11. <laughs> yes. Check, check, check. How many pluses can I get? <laughs> well, so I think what's cool about the whole program is, and it's not just that you, if you buy the car, the support system that SR has, SRT has put in place. Like, honestly, that's how I got included in the entire program was Dodge said, listen, we need to give we need to give more support to our racers and be on the grounds at the track. What do they need? Yes. We need to be the ears. We need to deliver to them. Therefore, we can't just we can't just talk about it. We gotta be yeah, about it. Yeah, don't talk about so it, be about it. About <laughs> it. And then they did, and then that's when we did good, and that's when we won. And that was straight, that was SRT and yeah, Dodge and DSR coming in. That was literally, we, we got a bigger trailer and we actually had a, a, a crew guy that could work on it with me, with, with Kevin. So when they, they talked about it, they were about it, but it, it makes me so happy because the number one goal, the first time I got that phone call in like 2016 was, this is about supporting our sportsman racers and this is how we want to do it. Do you want to be a part oh, of this? God. And I was like, I, are you kidding me? Like, and so I've lived and breathed it and it makes me, that's why I'm so, I'm so passionate about making, you know, getting us back into that winter circle and the fans that we have, well, you know, we have got the best yeah, fans. Man. Like our fans are, are, they are the best and for a reason. I mean, it's the best car. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Love this girl. You know, I got to ask you about that too, because just being able to, you know, step out and see how not only you interact with the fans, but how much the fans 
love you. And there's, you know, and there's, there's all the, you know, the ancillary reasons, you know, she's a very attractive female. She's got a very great energy. She has a very confident stature about her, but there's something about the connection you have with your fans that is, it's, it's unlike a lot of racers. I bet a lot of racers somewhat uh, are a little bit jealous of it, but you, man, you shake all of their hands, you high five them, you, you talk to them. You're so engaged with the people that, that you know, follow your sport and, and you. It's really admirable, man. It's really cool, and I just love to see it. You're so grounded to your base. I, I you know, I do appreciate that. And I, a lot of drivers, they put in good work, but remember that story at the very beginning when I, when I was like, I want to be that person. I don't know who that is. I am that person at the ropes. Like I am that kid literally paid $18 for a hot dog on a stick yeah. and, and waited hours in, in John Force's shade, you know, for Tony Schumacher's autograph. Like that's who I am on the inside and I see it in their eyes and I, and it, yeah, I feel at home when I'm with them and I, and I love it. And then they come back the next year and, and, and it's not about them being like a fan of our team or a fan of me but it's like they spent their hard earned dollars. This is their choice to be there. And they just have a shared connection, yeah. like shared passion. And if I could be a role model to some girl that, and I never thought I would, and someone said I was, and then now after four or five years, the direction of their life has changed from maybe it was a bad one, or they never thought a little girl never thought that she could race. Like, and now she does. And now she wants to be a mechanic or she joined the army or what she, like just infusing a realist, you know, it's the, the, I don't know, it's, it's endless what you can do. So for someone to see somebody else do it yeah, can be inspiring. It's the passion that comes through, you know, it's your wild side. That's honest and true, right? Your connectivity that you have. It's, it's awesome. Like Willie said, it, it's fantastic to see you out there being so competitive and so dominating right? You're, you have become an icon, not only for little girls, but little boys for anyone. Really? You, you have, you have set the bar and you've achieved it and you're there, which is just super cool. But I, I've, I've got one off topic question for you. So you were on top of the game, right? You were strapped onto, you know, some insane little rocket ship, 11,000 plus horsepower, right? That is a massive horse to get on. I mean, are there any moments or have there been any moments when that horse just bucked, right? It just did something you didn't like, you didn't feel comfortable with, and you really had to gut check and question yourself. Like, but at some point you got to get back on that horse again. I mean, is there yeah. you have some examples, some, some moment in time where sure. you're just, what am I doing? You know, I've worked myself up the ranks. Have I worked too high? <laughs> Was 11,000 too much? <laughs> Did I check no, too many plus no. boxes? No, but I see what you're saying of a comfortability standpoint because the cars are so safe and they're so fast, but they're not perfect at all times. So case in point, 2017 Seattle, semifinal round. And I'll go back to the semifinal after this quick synopsis. Talk about the launch is four and a half G-forces right? Motor and clutch go one-to-one. -one. You're reaching right at about six G-forces. Right at that time, you're at the peak. You start to decelerate. You're gaining mile an hour, but you're, you're, you're not accelerating in the, same, in the same capacity. When you pop a blower belt, 
or mm. your engine just completely mm. explodes at six and a half g-forces and plummets down to negative six in about eight hundredths of a second that is worse than any linebacker getting pushed pulled tumbled anything you're you, I mean, it's like being in a brick. So you're at negative 12 G-forces in, in, in 500 of a second. So at that point, that happened to me, the semifinal round. It's happened a couple different times, but semifinal, won the round. Final round's coming up. I've got Antron Brown, my teammate. We have – this is the end of the Western swing. Denver, we did good. Sonoma, we did okay, but we're kind of out of parts. It blew up so bad. This was a fuel management system issue. But uh, we couldn't even get the valve covers off. We couldn't get the valve. We couldn't get the heads off to take. Like you took the entire engine, and other team members are coming over getting it out. But here's the thing: when that happened to me, I remember that happening. The next thing I remember is getting out of my car, not necessarily pulling the chute, slowing down, making the turn. It was getting out of the car, going cameras in your face, microphone. Nobody knew. What I what just physically happened to me of a, you know probably not a you know we're recording here probably not a real concussion but uh, <laughs> definitely shook you up a little bit and I'm like man I needed to drink some water I wasn't gonna lay down and I had a final round to win you know what I mean like no, we we got through it that's fine at that point really made me I'm on top of my safety game but it really made me more cautious about where I'm at with the car when I'm driving. Uh, if we do have an engine failure, you know, where's it from? What part of the run? Really trying, if you blow up through the lights, not a big deal. Yeah, 700 feet, not a big deal. If you have that issue within that 300 to 400 foot mark, that's really where there's that internal danger zone. Second example, Chicago last year, top fuel, first round, left lane, racing TJ's is on the right. Go out there, hit the tree, you get about 250 feet out. He smokes the tires off the hip. Next thing I know, and I had just got done doing a bunch of cool stuff with Hoonigan like the weekend before. Was <laughs> <laughs> um, you doing this? Next thing I know, I'm going 250 miles an hour, having a good pull. Boom! And I just feel this right side just latch down, and it just wants to send me to the right lane. And I've got I've, I've got my arms crossed, and I'm like, what is what? What is happening? And it's trying to shoot me over. Clearly, I'm decelerating. The engine's no longer running. What had happened was we had a driveline uh, component fail. It broke, hit through our sticker panel. That hit through the tire. The tire completely punctured, ripped out the wing. So now I have wow. Now I have zero wow. drag. I've got zero force. And the car is now riding on this bump stop safety feature and performance enhancer. Uh, and I have, and I have no tire left at almost 300 miles an hour. And when I say like this, I immediately went into my Hoonigan mode of keep off, keep off the wall. And it took, I'm a strong person. It took everything I had because like weight and inertia, it just wanted to drive you. So I got out and this is, I'm going back to you, Kevin, to answer your question was, I was so mad because he had smoked the tires. <laughs> And he pedaled and he got to the finish line. I could have almost coasted with three tires oh. and won the round. And I got out and someone's like, you know, that all the right things happen. You know, automatic shoots came out and, and helped slow down. But 
I have enough confidence in the car and the team and in, in the, the competence of, of us that I really haven't reached that point, not even near it of thinking that I need a day off. It's just, I'm not there and I, and I don't think I'll ever be there. My papa told me something that always stuck in my head a long time ago. He said, worried, worried people look around, afraid or fear looks back. Leah, Leah looks forward, uh, you know, it's, okay. uh, you know, it's, just, it's, 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 some people are wired for, for whatever that challenge that life drops at them, you know, right. and it's just, That's you. it's, it's That's cool. All you. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I, I, I live it too. So it's, uh, it's definitely cool. It's been an, just an absolute honor to, to talk to you, to have you on the podcast. Where do people find or see more? You know, I follow your, I follow your Instagram stuff, which I recommend everybody doing. Y'all need to check that out. Um, but where do people find you and link up with you? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and Instagram is it at Leah.Pruitt and interact with them on pretty much everyone that I can there and show the most. Oh, here's the thing. I'll be kind of outrageous on stories, random stuff that I won't post. Like I feel it's not like two different people, but you'll get more of the day-to-day stupid stuff on the story. Yeah. The postmarks, a bunch of boxes. But if you follow Hoonigan, so this upcoming weekend, I haven't told anybody this, but uh, going to take a trip uh, to Utah, social distancing, of course, but going on and off <laughs> with, some, uh, with some Hoonigan people. We're going to make a bunch of cool content. Yeah. So. Might want to, you know, follow Love Hoonigan, it. Ken Block, myself, um, and and on and on Facebook. But when we get back racing, for those that don't watch, tune into FS1. And uh, and I tell you, I mean, and hey, if you want, if you want to see something, if you want to see more of something, hit me in the DM. It's where it goes down. It always does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, all right, I'll, I'll send it. I'll send. I'll. I will send it as in send the Can-Am off a jump or something. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. uh, Leah, we love you, kid. It has been an absolute blast and honor. I can't wait to see you again this year. Uh, stay safe. Much love. And just keep on being you, girl. You're just absolutely a murderer out there. I love it. Oh, thanks, right? you guys. Stay safe. Thank you, Leah. Be good. That was awesome. Take care. There you go, man. All right, man. You can't beat that. A competitor, a person with just insane energy, attitude, and that love of life, man, that a person like me sure damn appreciates. (laughs) All right, again, thanks to our guest, Leah Pruitt, man. Can't wait to see her back in the saddle racing again. Hey, don't forget about our show airing weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, which is always a great way to find us. Again, thanks to our guest, Leah Pruitt, my man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B., our producer, Scoop, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us on social. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. A Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. What a legend, man. She's going to be an icon, right? I mean, like you said, Shirley Muldowney, right? It's imprinted in your brain, man. That's your story that you go to. That's your thoughts of, you know, when you're a child and, and seeing somebody at the top of their game. And, and that's her, man. She's going to be a stamp in history. That's cool. Cool to watch. Yeah, man. And you know what? She's as cool in real life, in person, just chatting, talking, and hanging no out as she is right here and right now, man. So 
She's definitely one of those people that you get a chance or opportunity. Meet her, take a picture, uh, some bragging rights for you. And uh, for sure, man, definitely one of those things that you'll you'll have on your profile picture and you'll have up on your mantle. Like, yep, that's me with her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Y'all take care. All right, see you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.